you, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Joe, what about you, man? You've had a pretty diverse career, also. I mean, um, oh, and I haven't even gotten to the weird parts yet. <laughs> I, I know. I, I think I remember there was some stories here. What? Uh, I mean, you talked about like high level skiing. You, you now you're guiding with Pete. Um, you know, you had the Mondo thing going on. What? Like, what's been your best gig so far? You living it? I'm getting really close. <laughs> I like it. No, I'm dead serious, no, man. I, like, I get it. I get it. Um, there was this, uh, I mean, when I, yeah, when I was the World Cup coach, an Olympic coach for the U.S. ski team, I was fortunate enough to work with, like, three of my best friends every day and travel the world. That's awesome. That was cool. And this, like... Being involved with Pete is about as close as I'll ever get to that again. I'd say in general, like most days that we're on the river, uh, either recreationally or a guided trip, I'm not seeing another soul that's fishing. No. Maybe a, you know, a couple of passes in kayaks or yeah. whatnot. But wow. um, that's cool. in general, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, the lower, now, during the, during the major runs, during the spring and fall, we yeah. take runs from the lake. Um, it gets really busy for, you know, the first 10 miles of the river. Um, and then again, it just kind of, you know, peters out and people are, you know, they forget about the upper sections. And a lot of time I'm a, I'm a guy where when I'm fishing, I, I really don't want to see anybody else 90% of the time. And, um, I'll go fish the B and C water. Yeah. Uh, you jar, but like there, we have our hot spots, and I'm going to definitely go fish B and C water. Maybe not maybe not catch fish from me. I'm going to be on my cell phone doing it. And, uh, when, when the runs are hot, like everyone's down there chasing salmon or, or, or trout and I'm up on the upper sections, you know, catching pike that are red hot in September and October and November. Yeah. And there's nobody else up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And really- I think what's special about the sections that we run is, uh, you can't wait them. Right. Uh, there's areas that get too deep that you know you get choked out and uh, so yeah we're not running into a lot of other anglers that sounds you know good. to access this water you have to have a boat the fly fishing 97 podcast is powered by the flycrate.com an online fly shop Join the Quarterly Fly Club today, your source for all things fly fishing. And wait for it films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.thewaitcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company, blog and fishing apparel and accessories. Check them out online at brokentippet.com. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. The Fly Crate is an online fly shop where you can save more on flies and gear. Shop between hundreds of unique flies and join the quarterly fly club for hand-picked fly assortments for each season. Exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can save an additional 10% on The Fly Crate by using the code FLYFISH97. 
Go to theflycrate.com and use the code FLYFISH97 at checkout to save 10%. Well, welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. We're so happy you are joining us and we're going to uh, talk to a familiar friend of the program. Uh, we're going to head out to Milwaukee, greater Milwaukee area and chat with the guys at Milwaukee River Fly Fishing. We've got the founder, Pete Nikoloff, and we've got Joe Davies on the line. And if you go back all the way to episode 15, um, we chatted with Joe some time ago, and they're both chasing all kinds of beautiful fish in the greater Milwaukee area. Full service fly fishing guiding outfitter based out of southeast Wisconsin, multi-species, lots of smallmouth. You should see some, if you haven't seen it, check out their site on Instagram. We'll talk all about it. Lots of smallies, browns, trout, walking wade, drift boats. They got it covered. Guys, Joe, Pete, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, man, absolutely our pleasure, and it's great to talk to you again. Pete, yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, Mark. Oh, well, thank you. It's um, I've been trying to venture out a little bit of my comfort zone, and I got to tell you guys, I know nothing about the area in which you're in, but it sounds like there's some epic fishing uh, in the Milwaukee area. So let, let, let's jump into that. But first off, I, I want to know, like Joe, last time we talked, you had the Mondo fly fishing thing going on. Obviously, you've 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 changed a career path and teamed up with Pete. Why don't you guys tell us? how this uh, business partnership came to be and, and kind of where you're at with uh, Milwaukee River fly fishing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh, when we first talked, um, I was kind of guiding here and there, um, kind of as as much as my schedule would allow. Um, but what we really saw, or what I, I should say I immediately saw was this, um, lack of service in southeastern Wisconsin for fly anglers and the fly fishing is phenomenal. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. It's just a myriad of species. And uh, yeah, got to know Pete. Um, you know, he's he's the founder of Milwaukee River Fly Fishing and we joined up. And, uh, yeah, since then, that's uh, very quickly become my full-time gig. Pete, why, why don't you chime in here and tell us, you know, back to when you started the business and, and walk us through kind of that and, and where you're at now. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Um, so, I, you know, I've been in, kind of in the outdoors my entire life from a, from a young age. Um, you know, fishing, hunting, uh, you know, for years um, and I guess I, you know, I've been in, I've been in healthcare pretty much since high school, uh, you know, um, healthcare careers, both in the civilian side and in the military. And, um, when I got to, uh, Wisconsin and specifically the, Mil- the Milwaukee area, um, you know, I, I was just looking for ways to get out on the river all of the time. And I was, I was a, you know, kind of young family with a baby at home, another little one on the way. And, um, so destination trips were kind of out of the, out of the, you know, not in the picture for me. Uh, so I was doing a lot of trips to the Milwaukee river, you know, with kids would get on for a nap, 45 minutes to the river, run back. Kids would go down for another nap, two hours to the river, come back. <laughs> um, and that was just the repeat over and over and over again. I'm very fortunate to live only 
I'm about three minutes from the Milwaukee River. Um, you know, so then I would just kind of branch out and kept exploring little segments of it over the years. Um, and just kind of a function of what I did for, you know, a career. I worked in, in the operating room uh, in surgery in some of the bigger hospitals here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And I um, uh, started to just kind of make a little name for myself along uh, uh, among some of the different physicians. And, um, you know, basically they, they kept starting to kind of like tag along with me. Um, and I would take them out in a canoe. We would hit different sections. They became good friends of mine, um, you know, because they just – they didn't have time to dedicate to learning the river and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of kept building. Um, and eventually uh, I went back to grad school to work on my doctorate and, uh, I needed one, a good excuse to be on the river for eight hours or more a day. Um, <laughs> you know, if I was going to tell my, my, you know, my bride with two little kids at home, like I'm going to be gone all day. Um, on top of needing a little extra income to supplement, you know, being in grad school, um, so I, I founded um, Milwaukee River Fly Fishing as kind of a, a guide service. Um, at the time, and really still today, there really wasn't an established guide service in the area. Uh, what you know, we have a number of Milwaukee's really well known for its lake fishing. We're right on Lake Michigan. Um, the brown trout fishing on the lake itself is, you know, world renowned. Um, so there's a lot of uh, of charter captains that run out do deep water stuff on the lake, um, you know, and then a couple guys that do conventional, uh, gear fishing on the river for, for, uh, rainbow and Browns when they run off the lake. Um, but really not a good established fly fishing guide in the area. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, with support of some of, some of those, uh, the physicians and stuff that I worked with, they kind of helped me get up and running and here we are today. And oh, then I love it. right about the same time, you know, I used to run into Joe on the river, yeah. um, who was, who was, uh, guiding his own you know, kind of under his own name and we were running to each other here and there and it was kind of really fun, you know, just trading stories back and forth and oh, yeah. rooting for one another. And for sure, we just kind of figured like, what are we doing? We might as well join up here. Well, I think the funny part about that was, uh, when Pete initially approached me, I'm pretty sure I said no initially. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, I'm kind of doing my thing, um, <laughs> you know, super part time, whatever. And uh, we just became great friends. And, you know, we're we're trading stuff about information about the river. Mm-hmm. And it was like six months later, I'm like, what on earth am I not doing being associated with Milwaukee River Fly Fishing? It was, yeah. So from then on out, it was, yeah. Love it. That's, that's a good story, guys. I, I, it sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun at it. And I'm sure it's nice to have from, from both your guys in a little bit more support, more to somebody to kind of, you know, run stuff by and, 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 and spend some time, I'm sure on the water as well. Yeah. And I mean, we complement each other quite a bit because our fishing styles are probably are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, zero interest in doing anything on social media or the <laughs> website. I'm, I'm with you. I'm really with you. Don't like to be out, out in front of any, anyone, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I'm a, I'm kind of the organized guy who looks at the books and makes sure. A hundred percent. And makes sure people are lined well, up. Things are going to, things it, are squared away. It, things are going to be professional. Here's a question and, though, uh, Pete, you could be out on the river guys 
enjoying the beautiful, you know, sounds of nature, some dry fly action, or you could be at home on the couch putting something on Instagram. Where do you want to be? Come on, Joe. I know you want to be on the river too. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> no, I mean, I think for me, the social media stuff is important yeah, to promote it is. the business. Um, but that's where it ends for me. Yeah, no, I get it. I do. You know, um, you know, I'm not somebody that really is entertained by scrolling or something like that. I spend as much time on the river as I can. Yeah. And I still come up wanting to somehow Pete spending twice as much time as I do. I mean, it, it's remarkable. I mean, He'll go have a cup of coffee and just look at the river. Right. I, you know, and that's really where I think a lot of the admiration for him comes from is, you know, he was this true outdoorsman and, and knew that river like the back of his hand. That, that knowledge, yeah. I know how important that knowledge is. And I, I totally get why you guys teamed up and it seems like you're very, have a complimentary skill set, shall we say. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, we're a little bit of the odd couple for sure. Uh, particularly when my hair was down to my shoulders and I had a mustache and, you know, pizza doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, so look, so we always like to talk about your story. I want to talk about the business story. I want to talk about the types of waters you guys are fishing. Maybe we can talk about some of the opportunities, um, uh, for guided trips in and around Milwaukee and we'll do all that. But first I like to do a deep dive into your history and how you came to find this. And I know, I know Joe, you know, this drill, but Pete, in your words, how did you first come to fly fishing? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, it started as a really young guy uh, following my dad out into the woods and then uh, along the river catching bullheads and, and stuff like that. Um, he used to take me out after work in the canoe and we'd catch bass and bluegill. And um, fly fishing came on my radar in fourth grade. I, I still remember where I was at. Fourth grade, I was sitting on a carpet reading a book with my buddy who was like the only other guy interested in fishing in, in, that, you know, in grade school. And uh, there was like a picture of these kids sitting in float tubes fly fishing in this book. And it kind of piqued our interest. Um, you know, I begged my mom to buy a little Shakespeare combo from Walmart. I, I remember like almost crying in, in my bedroom trying to put the backing, <laughs> the fly line on the backing and stuff, you know, just had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I messed around with that in the yard for, for quite a while and then ride my bike over with my buddy to um, his grandpa's house and he would take us casting in the backyard with flies and we go to the creek a couple times then i kind of just it just kind of fell off my radar i never really went anywhere i continued fishing and hunting and stuff through high school um after college i was in the navy uh, united states navy and i still remember to this day i was i don't know i had my it was my first like real tax return at, at having a real job and I was driving home from, from work. I had like a night watch. It was early in the morning. I was driving past SeaWorld in San Diego. And I don't know what triggered it, this thought, but all of a sudden I, I, you know, I was like 21 and I was like, I need to, I want to learn how to fly fish. Like I, I want to learn how to actually do this. There was a great fly shop in uh, the San Diego area at the time. It's not there anymore, but it was called SoCal Fly Fishers. And um, there's a super cool little shop. Um, hmm. 
you know, I, I bought my first little, my setup was a Reddington Predator with a Sage 3250, I think, and real gold line. And I wow. uh, just, just went to town on the, uh, in the surf in Southern California. I mean, that's where I. Do you by chance, I'm just going out and live. Do you know Dave Smith by chance? Unfortunately, I don't. No. Okay. I thought you might. Nope. He's, uh, I've had him on and he's from that area. And, uh, okay. He talks about chasing Makos and, 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 and heading up to the Sierras and chasing Golden. And it's that was exactly, that was kind of it, man. Yeah. So I, I would just, it started off just trying to go after a surf perch, mm-hmm. um, on the public beaches there and, and having a blast and trying out, trying to learn how to throw like a clouser in a, in a fully weighted line and yeah. into the wind. You know, it's like a new angler, but, hmm. um, but it was great. I mean, it just kept, shipping away at it and then yeah if i could get away i would go up and hit the foothills of sierras and and uh, chase trout and then got to go out with mark martin one time in san diego for, oh, uh, yeah. for makos and that was that's a, cool. an absolute blast awesome. um so yeah that's kind of how that's how it started building from there yeah good and stuff. like and like most people get into fly fishing there was a period of time where i didn't want to do anything else but fly fish probably for a decade plus now i've kind of Got into the joys of, of gear fishing again a little bit, but yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah, and in my mind, you know, Pete, Pete's, you know, a true angler. He, you know, he kind of can do it all. Um, whereas, yeah, all I do is fly fish. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like whether or <laughs> not guess. I'm gonna have success, I'm, yeah, I'm slinging string, man. I love it. Slinging string. You you always have some good quotes for me. That's uh, I haven't I haven't actually. <laughs> He's talking old ski bomb and stuff here, man. Yeah, that's oh, right. It's it's the surfer or the or the ski guy. And and I was just talking to a buddy. I had a young guy on the other night, and he's talking about crannies, and he's talking about uh, indies, <laughs> and uh, what did you just say? Uh, would you say something? Line? What was it? I already forgot. Sling and string. Sling and string. Love it. I like I. I'm I'm not gonna lie, um, yeah. I know I've I've got a phrase or two. I, I think uh, my uh, my best friend Corbin, um, he was a client at first. Actually, he booked a bunch of trips, and we just became you know uh, really really close friends, and. Uh, I used the phrase, we got to jaw jack one of them ponies. <laughs> and like, I thought he almost dropped the rod out of his hand laughing so hard. That's classic. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what I love about fishing with Joe, too. It's constant comedy all day long. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you look, look, look up Google reviews and stuff, people are always like, Joe just got you laughing all day long. Oh, yeah. We're going to jaw jack one of these ponies slinging string. Got it. <laughs> yep, 100%. You know what you got to do for me? You got to take them all and make like a sentence out of them at the end of the show. That'll be good. Oh, uh, you know, I definitely will, man. I'll, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. I sense you guys need to do some T-shirts with some swag with some of those things. They're they're creative. Um, A hundred percent. You got to jaw jack one of them ponies. That's right. So I'm going to go back and forth on this a little bit. So, Joe, if you had to look at your fly fishing journey... Um, throw some names at us that might have influenced you a little bit. Um, whether it's good buddies, you just mentioned one. Um, you know, who's kind of um I don't like I don't always like the word mentor, but kind of who's influenced your fishing? Oh. 
Um, no, that, I think that's a great question. Um, Pete already brought up Mark Martin. Uh, I spent a bunch of time down in Costa Rica with Mark, fished with him a bunch. Um, you know, he uh, taught me a ton about how to fight fish. Um, but I, I would say there's definitely uh, probably three that really have been my biggest influence. Um, first is without a doubt, Peter Gorzinski. Um, okay. Super under the table name. Not a lot of people know him, but I mean, he was the first guy ever to put an Arapaima on a fly rod and he did it in like 72. Wow. So I got to spend a ton of time with him in Costa Rica and, uh, nah, he, he just, uh, it was an education. Yeah. Sounds like it. Absolutely love him. Uh, the other one's Taylor Barlow from oh, yeah. Mondo fly fishing. How's he doing? What's going on over there? Oh my gosh, man. That guy is just a jack of all trades. I mean, one second you haven't heard from him from in ages and then he's in mongolia catching a timing <laughs> you know uh but he was really influential kind of getting me out of the trout and trout and trout routine yeah um and yeah he's the reason i got into saltwater fishing and loved it so much hmm. you know right and then uh even though i've never met the man uh, Jeff Courier is uh, like, I just think he's super inspirational. I, the guy with the most species on the fly rod of anybody by a considerable amount and like super nice guy, um, humble, you know, I've read everything he's written. Um, yeah, like, man, he just was like, I'm going all in, mm -hmm. you know, and he did that uh, movie, uh, Turning Points North, about uh, the northern pike, which is one of my favorite fish as well. And uh, the advice he was giving was like, if you want to make it, just fish hard. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's what I did for a few years. Yeah. Well, right on. Um I'm going to throw this over to you, Pete. So like in your neck of the woods, you know, in the greater Milwaukee area, when you're not in your waders or in the drift boat, like where do you go to get your fix in fly fishing? Like, is there a shop that you kind of hang at? Is, is it social media? Where do you go to get your fill? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we do have a couple of shops in town, uh, the fly fishers that I'll run over to you once every once in a while. And then also, um, Orvis has a store here. Um, but in general, man, like uh, we, we host fly tie-in nights um, in the off season uh, every other Thursday. And that's kind of a really fun, fun way to meet some, some like-minded people and, and uh, you know, humble me hundred percent. Like I realize how bad of a tire I am. <laughs> me too. Things and that's fun. Um, but I also have no problem stepping away from the fly fishing side of it um, and just trying to do something else outdoors related. Yeah, uh, I love to paddle a canoe. Um, it's, you know, as an angler and you know this and probably most people listening, man, it's really hard to do like anything on the water and not want to fish. 
Um, oh, but yeah. I'll try and challenge myself to like take a canoe out and not bring a fly rod or be, be, mm. and like, it is, it's hard to do, but it kind of gives you an appreciation for, um, for other things in the wild, you know? And, and I, so I, I try and do that. Like Joe said, you know, a lot of times with little kids, like I can't be gone very much. So for me, it's getting up at 6am running, to, running to the river and just making a pot of coffee. Oh man. Like <laughs> on a little, uh, you know, a little pocket rocket stove or whatever, and just trying to ease into the day that way yeah no i mean i think that's like my favorite picture you ever posted i was like oh wait no this guy yeah. is like a true outdoorsman yeah no I, just, I i in general like i want to be outside as much as i can you know that's one of my, the worst things about working in healthcare is that you're stuck inside all day and hmm. um yeah you know any way i can do it if it's that, like working working so like you know sounds like a good balance though for you i mean i, I mean i know you got your doctorate and you're, and you're busy with your work obviously on on two sides but it's it's probably is it a nice kind of uh kind of release just to kind of hit the water or even just hit the campfire and put put some coffee on oh for sure I, yeah personally i need it like it's you know, everybody knows it like i talk to guys they have to go to the gym or they you know or whatever their thing is but yeah mine is to get outside and in some way shape or form every single moment i can love so. it good stuff yeah yeah Okay, so now I know we, we were chatting. Uh, when you guys first called, you, you mentioned you got a little inclement weather. How's it looking right now? It- uh, let's see. Uh, it's mid-February in one of the coldest states in the nation. <laughs> and it's like 58 degrees out. A tornado just touched down. Yeah. Wow. 50 miles away. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. My, my wife just sent me a picture of our yard full of... Uh, full of hail yeah yeah. but no joke i mean it's february the water's open and i'm going steelhead fishing on sunday that's cool yeah that's got to be unusual for you guys absolutely oh for for sure i mean usually that water's well locked up you know we've had similar here too it was like so mild it was crazy mild but we had two weeks of extremely like really cold weather like I'm in Celsius up on this side, but it's like uh, we were minus 28 or something. It was cold. Oh, wow. Yeah. But but then it was, you know, it was like 7 degrees, 8 degrees, 10 degrees plus. So, um, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's we just... ran through the same thing. We had two, like it was been warm pretty much all summer, or all winter. Yeah. We ran two weeks of absolute bitter cold with two feet of snow, and then it, yeah. now it's 60 degrees and there's no snow again. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw this at you, Joe, because you kind of alluded to the fact you might not be the biggest sports fan on the planet, but I'm going to ask a question anyway. Um, wh- who's your team? Who are you pulling for? I assume it's probably somebody in, in your neck of the woods, but um, are you a sports guy? You know, um, geez, I don't think we touched on this uh, last time, but, um, yeah, I, I worked as a uh, – yeah, and an Olympic uh, freestyle ski coach, right? For uh, a decade, right? And uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's not something I really advertise, but you would think that somebody with that pedigree would be just like a sports fan. But I mean, if I had a choice between watching a football game or like a fashion show from Martin Magella, I'm going like fashion show hundred percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm not kidding. No, no. I mean, like, I appreciate your pause. You were, I was, you were digesting. I, I, I'm just taking it in. Um, yeah. I, I was just, you know what I was thinking? I was, I was seeing you as a freestyle ski guy, and I just thought, you know, chasing the powder. I can Now, the, the way you talk, like with this uh, sling and the string, all that stuff, it all makes sense. It's all coming together. <laughs> right? Jaw Jack. 100%. Jaw Jack some ponies, man. Let's do it. That's right. right. Dude, this guy's hit his head so many times. Yeah, I won't admit to how many concussions I've had in polite conversation. <laughs> it's a good thing you got a doctor nearby. That's right. right? Yeah. Love it. Um, what about yourself, Pete? Like, uh, are you a sports guy? Um, if so, who, who's your team? Oh, yeah. I like sports. Uh, I grew up playing team sports and stuff. Um, for football, it's Green Bay Packers. You love it in Wisconsin. Got to love those guys. And um, we had a you know, super fun year this year watching them. Oh, yeah. Uh, baseball, um, you know, a big – I used to be a big Cubs fan back in the day, big Chicago Cubs fan. Mm. Um, when they won the World Series, it was like they had to stay in my life. Kind of just totally ruined all sports for me. So uh, when we moved to Milwaukee, I'm paying stadium taxes. So I started rooting for the Brewers now. Um, and that's been and that's been fun. But, yeah, I love, I love all different team sports and – uh, I have a six-year-old daughter at home, and she recently just got – I don't know what it was this year, but she's gotten really into watching sports and, uh, like, team sports. So she's my little buddy. She's usually telling me to turn the game on. So, love yeah, it. it's been fun. I love hockey, too. I know you guys are maybe big hockey guys up there. <laughs> yeah, you might uh, say. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a good strain there for, for years with the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, when I was younger, which was which was a blast, and now I, I watch a lot of college hockey and hmm. have been enjoying watching the uh, the Wisconsin Badgers come back from from nothing and, and do really well this year. So. You, you'll get a kick out of this. So I was working, I work at a winery, and, and uh, we hired a gal for harvest, and uh, she showed up in a Brewers um, sweatshirt one day, and I no said, way. I said, you like the Brewers? She goes, well, actually, my dad's the assistant general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm like, what are you? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, I used to be. No with, way, I used to be cool. with the Blue Jays, and yeah, and I was just like, you just never know, right? And it's such a global sport, but that's pretty cool. That's my that's my only Brewer story I got. And you know yeah. what is cool though, Pete? I'm not. I gotta admit, I'm not a huge ball fan, but my wife and I, wherever we go in the states, that is the one sure. thing we do is go to the ballpark, and like San Diego, uh, uh, oh, New Echo York. Park. Yeah, wherever, just yeah, Seattle. Uh, but it's just an American thing to do, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's and you can chill, yeah. right? It's it's and the weather's usually Pretty good. Great. You can have a beer and a hot dog and just chill out, and, and you can zone out. Where you know, if I'm watching football, it's usually a little more intense. Yeah, that that's true. One of the things that uh, really enjoyed about the the guiding thing is that we've been able to guide some pro sports, uh, like some pro athletes, and. Um, you know, when different teams come into town, especially during the baseball season, we'll get um, overflow with different coaches and players and stuff. And that has been super fun. Like just meeting these these guys and talking about their lives kind of behind the behind the scenes and stuff. So love it, good stuff. Yeah, um, Joe, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this one to both of you guys because I for me this is kind of the question, and we'll get to your guiding in just a moment. But why do you do this? What is all of this? When I say this, I mean fly fishing, fly tying, spending time on the water, guiding. What does it do? What does it bring into Joseph Davies' world? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, being, uh, yeah, pretty uh, high level coach for a long time. 
I really enjoyed the aspect of teaching, but you're, you know, you're teaching these elite level athletes and, and there's a, you know, a certain difficulty to that just because of how competitive they are. Whereas when you get somebody that is casting for the first time and in three hours they're making really reasonable shots, you, you're with them on a very memorable day and they're happy. Mm, um, I like that. You know, well if... I think that, uh, yeah, you, you like the picture on Instagram, but that was, if I, if I go back, that's my favorite picture. It was, uh, took this, this uh, couple out and, uh, not only did she catch her first small mouth, but it was like an 18 inch small mouth in flow. I mean, uh, they fight hard and, her uh, partner got a picture of us giving a high five to each other. Cool. And I was like, that's why I do it. Yeah. I love you it. know, you get to share a really cool moment with someone. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Pete? Um, I assume probably along the same lines, but maybe not. Like what, I mean, you obviously spend a lot of time in the outdoors, but fly fishing specifically, obviously has a, a big place in your heart. Uh, what does it do for you? Yeah, for sure. The, the fly fishing side of it is just different, I guess. Um, it relaxes me a little bit more. Uh, I feel like I'm, I, I feel kind of proud of what I'm doing. It's kind of silly to say that, but you know, I just feel really 100%. proud to be like a fly angler and to be somewhat competent, right? At doing it. Um, and it just feels like it just feels natural. Uh, I always think like if I had a, you know, if I had like three belongings, you know, three, three things left to my, like, it would be a fly rod, a shotgun and a, in a canoe. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I could live out happily with like any of my extra belongings. Like if those three things were included, like we'd be all good, you know? Yeah. Well and, uh, yeah. So I think it's just, uh, it's just, it just feels right. I, I always love talking careers. Um, and I know you guys are probably doing it now, but I got to throw this out here. I always kind of go worst job, best job. Uh, and you can, might have to dig deep on the worst job, which, you know, a lot of times it goes back to high school, but, um, are you guys living your best life right now? Pete, is this the best gig? I mean, I know you got uh, a pretty big day job too. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm pretty darn happy where I'm at right now. I think, uh, you know, uh, it's a great blend of being in the office, being able to help people, um, being challenged, cognitively like it's just a great mental like, stimulus in my day job and then when i'm on the river like honestly i get more nervous guiding than i do prescribing <laughs> medications to people and, and dealing uh, with, yeah i agree I think I, it's, oh um, man and it's such a weird thing but uh it's it's amazing just when you get out on the river I, i'm so kind of just inside i'm anxious it reminds me of when i was a kid again playing sports and and stuff and you know yeah. anxious you get as soon as you push the the drift off the bank, like it all just melts away and you're like, wow, I mean, I'm doing it. We're good. This just feels right. And it's just such a good way to reset. Um, hmm. Yeah. Getting, you know, having the guide business and meeting these cool people and helping them out and stuff is just a, yeah, that's, it's fun. That's it's really fun. Sounds like it'd be pretty gratifying. Uh, let's flip yeah. that coin, Pete. 
What did you do that you went, man? I don't want to ever do that for one minute again in my life. Is 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 there? Have you had no. that job? Hmm. Uh, had some pretty cool jobs. I think I for <laughs> in high school I was a um, I worked in a nursing home as a dietary aide. That was a pretty tough gig, like blending up uh, <laughs> blending up food for for. You know, these great people have had these amazing lives and just, yeah. but trying to work with them every day. And we worked split shifts. So I was, I was a high school kid and I was working like eight hours and then going home for two hours and coming back for another five and, or like four. It was just a really weird, hmm. yeah, probably that, I guess. Right on. Yeah. Okay. I always had some pretty fun jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's always great to, to love what you do. Obviously we all strive for that. Joe, what about you, man? You've had a pretty diverse career also. I mean, um, Oh, and I haven't even gotten to the weird parts yet. <laughs> I, I know. I, I think I remember there was some stories here. What, uh, I mean, you talked about like high level skiing, you, you know, you're guiding with Pete, um, you know, you had the Mondo thing going on. What, like what's been your best gig so far? You living it? I'm getting really close. <laughs> You're, I like it. No, I'm dead serious, no, man. I, like, I get it. I get it. Um, there was this, uh, I mean, when I, yeah, when I was the World Cup coach, an Olympic coach for the U.S. ski team, I was fortunate enough to work with, like, three of my best friends every day and travel the world. That's awesome. That was cool. And this, like... Being involved with Pete is about as close as I'll ever get to that again. It's special, man. So, yeah, no, I, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's remarkable, actually. I, I just had a flashback. Now, I may have to edit this out later, but was it you that was telling me a story about something about going to China and flying through the Olympic rings on fire on a, on a, on a, on skis or is this somebody else? No, that was me. I thought it was. Okay. I got to Sorry. I got to apologize. I should have gone back and listened to our episode, but I'm like, that story always stuck with me. I have not <laughs> heard that too often. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I mean, even on uh kind of social media, it, it's only been very recently I I realized that, you know, I might have had an Instagram account for a little bit. Never once mentioned my previous career. You know what's cool it's, about that is it means you love what you're doing now. You know what I mean? Not that you're, you're you know, opposed to talking about it. It's a pretty cool career, too. Uh, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? But it's like it shows how much you love what you're doing. No, I mean, uh, you know, I definitely have like a pre-trip routine. Uh, you know, you, you go fill up with some waters, you get some sandwiches, like I'm jumping over the trailer, clicking my heels going, I can't believe somebody's going to pay me for having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I sincerely, I, and I, I think Pete would definitely agree. I have never had a client that i wouldn't want back on the boat wow that's cool never now once jinx himself now it's gonna be oh long. yeah yeah no, <laughs> that's right yeah there's gonna now, be yeah. somebody that you, know, you leave on the side of the river yeah <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> i love it 
Are are you an adrenaline junkie, Joe? By a lot. Yeah, kind of figured. Yeah, um, I do, and I I think that's one of the things that um, people wildly overlook with fly fishing is that, in a way, it is you know, particularly with certain species, it, it's an it, it is kind of an adrenaline sport. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah, you jawjack one of them ponies. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna get excited. Well, it totally. It seems like it's a lot of people do like alternative. Sports yeah, end up in fly fishing. Yeah, for sure. I, I've had a lot of extreme sports kind of guys on this show. I had uh, a guy locally that did some high level, uh, crazy, crazy things on mountain bikes, like stuff I watched in this guy. I don't even know. And there's always like that accident story. And this is why I'm not doing it anymore because I broke every rib in my body and fractured this and this and that. And I'm just like going, now you're spending all your time on the river. You know, it sounds, it sounds pretty good, but, um, let's flip that coin for you, Joe. So, um, worst gig you've ever had. Is there anything you've done that you'd never want to do again? I'm going to play the fifth on that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Um, I, I think if there's one thing I've done my whole life, it's follow my passion. If I look back on all the careers I've had, mm-hmm. I was passionate about them. And that's why I do what I do today. You know, like that's, I think that's why I've always looked up to you too, Joe. It's, it's been like, I've had a pretty cookie cutter career for the most part. And Joe's over here, man, just, just living his dream. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get that totally. I think, oh my gosh! You, well, you can't, how, how do you how do you fail if if you you know what I mean? Like you can't really, um, especially. And I I always say that to my kids. It's like like follow your passion. Like if you happen to not be able to make a living at it, just keep trying because sooner or later, the money will come. You know. Oh, I, without a doubt. And my dad was a big influence there. Um, he uh, he was a hundred percent like you go to university to become educated for that reason, that reason alone. But then after that, you do what you love. Mm. And yeah, since man, since I was like 22, maybe, you know, grad and actually Pete and I, yeah, went to the same university at Marquette Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I never really was interested in in money or you know telling somebody what you do for a living and having them be impressed. Um, it literally was just like I'm doing what I love. Yeah, yeah. No, it shines through for sure, as always. Um, okay, look, guys, we, I think we got to know you a little bit on and off the water. Let's get to know your water in, in your area. And, uh, Pete, I know you've been, uh, you've been frequenting these waters, you know, a lot of years. Why don't you kind of walk our listenership through, like, cause this is new to me. So I'm hearing it kind of for the first time. I know nothing about the Milwaukee area as far as fly fishing goes, but I see your picks, man. I see these beautiful smallies. I see these brown trout. It looks pretty damn good. Um, tell, tell me about your fishing there. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the Milwaukee area is kind of cool. It's, it's a, you know, mid to large metropolitan area. 
um, the Milwaukee River inside the city is, um, you know, right inside the city is exactly where you shouldn't can be. It's just low, slow, um, you know, just kind of river that seems like it's very urban. And, and then um, as you work your way north, even just a mile or two, you know, up north of the city, um, it starts to get a little rockier, um, a little more like kind of a freestone river, if you think about, if you can think of that. Um, and it really can be, I mean, if you're, if you're 10 to 15 minutes north of downtown, you're still technically in the city, but you almost, you almost don't know it. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's beautiful. There's houses, obviously that border the river and stuff at that point, but it's quiet. It's nice. Generally pretty underutilized other than a couple of a paddlers here and there, but, yeah. um, and then you keep working your way north, and it's it's amazing. I mean, we do the bulk of our our guiding anywhere from twenty to forty five minutes north of Milwaukee, um, and you, I mean, just you almost have no idea that you're even near a city. Um, actually, a lot of places you just wouldn't. It's it's farm fields, it's deer bedded up alongside the bank. There's bald eagles everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. I get people that tell me all the time. Uh, they come out, they've lived in Milwaukee their entire life. And they're like, this is the Milwaukee river. We're on the Milwaukee river now. Like, um, it's, it's, it's kind of this like hidden gem in, in a metro area of, I don't know, 800,000 people or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we have, um, it's, it's, you know, kind of ever changing river. Um, the watershed is, is, you know, pulls from a number of different areas, uh, different creeks and stuff in the area. We get a lot of runoff. Uh, it's, a, it's a runoff uh, stream. So we do fluctuate quite a bit based on the, the rain we get and, and how dry it's been and stuff in the season. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, we have probably, um, how many miles is it to Grafton? Do you know? Uh, to, I know that the whole Milwaukee is 103 miles. Wow. Um, but to Grafton, uh, like I, I don't know it's sure. gotta be like 50 something. You can right? go, you can go pretty darn far from the, from the mouth of the lake to our, to our final dam, like the dam that actually just stops everything. So mm-hmm. what that means is that we get, we get some really amazing runs from, from the great lakes of, uh, rainbow brown and, and, uh, we get, uh, Chinook salmon and, um, well, uh, uh, I'll call him Steelhead, and then yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That everyone yeah. can hate on me for that. No, no I, I no, get we it. get some, we get these amazing runs of, of, of great fish up the river, and yeah. um, you know we can go pretty pretty far up, and you know we actually get you know some holdovers, and it's kind of a blast. But yeah, um, mm. yeah, it's it's really generally it's 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 kind of a wild area for being so so urban, and then you know we fish other. Uh, smaller bodies of water that feed into the Milwaukee River as well, some different creeks and things like that. So, yeah. so whether you're talking like Tribs or even, um, you know, Stillwater, I'm sure there's there's some of that in your area. We've got Pete Nikolov on the line and Joseph Davies from Milwaukee River Fly Fishing. Look them up. They're in the greater Milwaukee area. Lots, it sounds like lots and lots. I mean, 50 miles of river right there is, <laughs> that's not nothing. That's a lot of water. Right, and that's not even what we've, I mean, oh, we've yeah. got another, we got another 40 miles we fish above that. Yeah. So. Wow. So our, the cool thing is too, like in our river, I yeah. mean, it's, it's generally pretty safe. We have, you know, class one at the most, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. generally pretty easy going river. Um, it's good whether you can. You know, it's I would say it's ADA friendly for the most part. Yeah, like, especially on our drift boat. So, um, 
just you I'm know, just, you don't... sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. Yeah. I, no, I, I was just going to say, um, I'm really curious about the fishing pressure. I, I just, for some yeah. reason in my brain, have a feeling you got a lot more open water than a lot of other systems. Uh, I'll hop in on that one. Yeah. yeah. There's a, yeah. The Midwest <laughs> is really the supreme fly fishing water in the entire, I, entire like lower 50 you know like, yeah yeah like we've got we've got it going on here in the midwest in general yeah um, the uh water laws uh when i when i moved back from costa rica um i was only supposed to be in wisconsin for like three weeks and uh having fished out west a ton where their water laws are like almost insulting um Everybody in Wisconsin's a public landowner. You know, every bridge is, you know, complete access. If your feet are wet, you're legal. Really? Um, you can drop an anchor anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nobody owns the river bottom in Wisconsin. Nope. In yeah. the surrounding states. I love it. That That's the same where I'm at, too. I never understood that. It's like, what do you mean you own the stones on the bottom of the river? Yeah, Yeah. no, I mean, that's... Uh, Nobody I, owns I, I don't know. But as far as pressure goes, I mean, you know, in in, or, excuse me, in, Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, we have some great rivers that are, are a little heavy, like heavier pressure. Um, the Milwaukee in general, it's not a very boating-friendly river. Um, there's only a couple stretches you can really get a decent boat in. Um, so that t- turns a lot of people away. I mean, there's, it's kind of logistically, it's a little tough to, to float sections of the river. Um, and you know, I, you know, there's decent w- amount of weight fishermen, but I'd say in general, like most days that we're on the river, uh, either recreationally or a guided trip, I'm not seeing another soul that's fishing. No, maybe a, you know, a couple of passes kayakers, and kayaks or yeah. whatnot, but, wow, um, that's cool. in general, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, the lower now during the during the major runs during the spring and fall when yeah. it runs from the lake, um, it gets really busy for you know the first ten miles of the river, um, and then again it just kind of you know peters out and people are you know they forget about the upper sections and a lot of time I'm a I'm a guy where when I'm fishing I, I really don't want to see anybody else ninety percent of the time and um, I'll go fish the B and C water. Yeah. Uh, you jar, but like there, we have our hot spots and I'm going to definitely go fish B and C water. Maybe not, maybe not catch fish. But I'm going to be on my cell phone doing it. And, uh, when, when the runs are hot, like everyone's down there chasing salmon or, or, or trout and, and I'm up on the upper sections, you know, catching pike that are red hot in September and October and November. Yeah. And there's nobody else up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And I think what's special about the sections that we run is uh, you can't wait them. Right. Uh, There's areas that get too deep that, you know, you get choked out. And uh, so, yeah, we're not running into a lot of other anglers. That sounds pretty good. You know, to access this water, you have to have a boat. When you said, Joe, you, originally you went there for three weeks, how long ago was that? Five years ago. <laughs> Has it been that? I can't, it's been, man, I, I, sometimes I forget how long we've been doing this show. Yeah. Oh, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Wow. I love it, though. It's, it's cool to hear 
catch up with people you've talked to a long time ago, find out where they're at, what they're doing. It sounds like you really found your sweet spot here. And I love, I love the idea of, of unpressured waters. I talk to a lot of people in Colorado and some of the stories they tell me, it just, oh. it doesn't make me want to go. And, and no, and, I, and I, oh man, hate to upset people. Like I, yeah, I, I got no interest fishing there. Well, for me, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like anything. I'm sure if you get, if you get, you know, uphill enough and out of the way, you're gonna find some space. Like it sounds like you yeah. guys can do that fairly easily. But I mean, you're you're 11 miles uh, on some rivers. You might have to go a lot more than 11 miles to to find some space, right? Well, we also have. I mean, so it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. But you know, we do have a lot of privately owned land. Um, but it's farmland. Um, so the cool thing, I mean, it's, you know, it's wonderful to have uh, BLM land or national forests and stuff, but the, uh, the access to a lot of the stretches of our river are pretty, uh, pretty, t- we, we have great access in general, but you're not just going to go anywhere in fish along the banks or no. wade fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the cool thing is like, you can get away. Like we, you know, we run drift boats and rafts, but also if you just have a canoe or whatever, you could really explore some cool water that yeah. doesn't get it doesn't get fishing pressure because the, you know in, in the Midwest and in the Upper Midwest where we live it's it's lake country um, mm-hmm. you know so that all the lakes is where I mean people it's a, it's a lake fishing culture yeah um, it's changing slightly but in general like you know rivers are they're kind of just our yeah it's your playground you can do whatever you yeah. want That's especially like- if you're willing. Put in some work. It's like that where I'm at too. I'm in a pretty deserty area, but we we've got one system. I've never seen a drift boat on it in my life, and I we used to drift it <laughs> in our pontoon boats and and whatnot. But yeah, there's cool. also a reason, you know. It's not like it's not like it's really epic, but it it can be fun. But it, 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 to me, that's what I, and that's why I fish still water. Just being honest, guys, because I got space. Um, yeah. But I still. Well, I'm jealous of you guys have out there. I want to learn. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I want to learn Stillwater game for trout. Like that's that's a foreign concept to me. Come on up. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll uh, do some jaw jacking on this side of the border. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I'm curious about your season. So why don't you guys dial me in on like you. You know your guiding season specifically, and it sounds like this year maybe a little bit uh, of an anomaly. Like you know, it sounds like things are it's been pretty warm. But um, what's your normal season for guiding, guys? Uh, I'll I'll jump in. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of our bread and butter is uh, smallmouth and pike for sure, um, but definitely starting to expand that season with, uh, our, you know, lake run rainbows, the salmon. Um, so it's, it's actually a lot longer than even I thought, hmm. to be honest. As long as we're not iced up, we're booking yeah. trips. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Cool. Um, well, which is, I'd say, you know, generally things kind of slow down by mid December, or really, I'd say like end of November, things start to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And then usually it's, it starts to open up again the end of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a little bit off yeah. this year. We fish, we could fish through January and again yeah. now. So, so but, do you, you guys, if you were to throw percentages at me, like are you smallie fishing 60% of the time, browns 
you know like like i'm just curious how you're because it sounds like you got lots of options but is it yeah kinda, I mean, is it dictated by the client or what, what's happening it's exactly that it's dictated yeah. by the client we offer a little bit of everything okay. when i started the when i started the program um it was primarily uh warm water warm water fishing so smallmouth pike um and that is still my primary interest um but yeah there's a huge interest in i mean our our emails are going crazy come August, September, October, and then again in the spring, just because people are aware of what's going on. They can see fish moving up the river and they want to target them and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I'd say we're probably at this point, 70% smallmouth and pike. For sure. And it's almost yeah. like, I feel like when you speak with a client, and they're like, Oh, maybe I want to go for this species, but you're like, yeah, but it's a uh, false smallmouth. <laughs> you know, we can throw big flies and catch big smallmouth. Have you experienced a <laughs> yeah. streamer pike bite? Like, yeah, yeah, like 100%. 30 plus pike in a day? Like, it's, wow. like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And yeah. this year, because we did have such a weird winter, I actually took a client out on Christmas Day, hmm. 25th of December, and he caught pike. That's amazing. How big are these pike guys? Like, what's a what's a range? Like, are we talking? I, I got no. I don't. I don't know a lot about pike fishing. I don't. Oh have any man, games. we so that is. I mean, we do not have trophy in general. No. There's not trophy pike here. Okay. We're a little. We're just kind of on the little too far south. Big numbers though. Um, I we mean, have big numbers. I'd say like if anytime we break thirty inches, I'm like, that's oh. a good pike, man. Oh, yeah. We're happy high fiving. Um, you know, every every year you get a couple thirty six inch pike, and that's like mm. a, just a cool a cool thing. Um, yeah, but I'd say we probably average the average pike that you're catching. If you're catching a dozen of them a day, you're probably in that twenty to twenty four, twenty five yeah. inch, um, which is really fun because they're perfect on a six weight as yeah. well as an eight weight. You know, I mean, like you can really yeah they're super they're super agreeable, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. One of the things I really like is taking anglers out who've never caught a pike. Like I'll get every once in a while anglers from the south. Yeah. They'll come up for for a wedding or whatnot, and mm-hmm. they really want to catch their first pike. And like we can, you know, it's guiding, right? It's fishing. You never, but but most of the time we can make that happen. And I think um, it's cool. But yeah, we do not get the big no forty man. plus inch bruiser. Like one, like definitely on my bucket list is. Going to Canada, sight fishing big pike. Hmm. I, I I have a feeling though that that's really few and far between. Like I talk to to people that wait all day for one fish, and yeah, it might be huge, but I I like where I mean, thir- come on, a three foot long pike. That's oh, I can't sure. I can't even fathom that. Like uh, really, when they're crushing yeah. you no. on a weight, yeah, you're throwing a, a four or five inch fly for a bass, like yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty That's special. Yeah. Steel leaders, yeah. guys, on that or what? Like, what is your hundred percent, yeah. man? AFW, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Audible wire. <laughs> yeah, I do not mess around with fluoro. Those guys will tear you apart. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm, I mean, maybe if uh, you know summertime pike trips, you might use twenty pound. Uh, I'm a little heavy handed. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of come spring and fall, like I'm using 40 pound bite wire with big flies, stink tip lines, uh, big Bufords and bulkheads. 
Um, you were the opposite on that. Yeah, I know. hundred like, yeah, percent. We have two yeah. t- terrible, like, we, we're major like the odd couple. And, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So Joe's all like big and bad. And mm-hmm. I prefer to go smaller and consistent. Yeah. Like we might catch. Yeah. I just feel like it's a numbers game in general. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I, I want to throw a four inch or five inch or six inch fly versus mm-hmm. an eight or 10 inch fly for pike. Cause yeah, I'm like, we're going to, in general, I feel like I'm going to catch more. It's yeah. easier. Yep. Clients can cast easier. We're going to catch smallies. Um, and that's my game. And then in there, we're going to catch some big pike. Yeah. But then there is some, there is some sweetness in what Joe does. Oh, too, yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. You know, musky fishing is a big deal where we're at. Um, but I thought so you'd people be... used to throwing them big things. But Yeah. Well, I but thought no, you'd be I talking haven't... like Dalai Lamas and, and sex dungeons and clousers and, you know, like that kind of stuff. Is that not? What you're throwing? Uh, no, that's no. the small stuff. Yeah, that would be small stuff. <laughs> even for me. That's <laughs> yeah, you're, no, you're sorry, killing man. me. I, like, yeah, no, um, yeah, I on a regular basis and hmm. in like a fall pike trip, you know, it's like a type seven sink tip line with maybe a. 10 to 12 inch fly. Wow. I'm a little different. On that. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'll let you chime in. Hey, but you're... having said that, yeah. that was my coolest experience of last year was getting that pike to eat boat side. That was cool. That, I mean, that That's was, cool. I mean, it acted, you know, like a musky. He was figuring yeah. a pike in August, right next to the raft. It was pretty yeah. Amazing, yeah. yeah, that was, that's my memory of the summer. I, I could uh, just see, I, for some reason, guys, you know what came to mind? I, I could see, I could see Joseph out there with these 12-inch flies, and here's Pete. The doctor rolls up with this uh, size 20 zebra midge oh, 5X <laughs> tippet, yeah. right? Yeah, you're 100% right. That's our pike personality. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, I don't think one of us ever outfishes the other. Like, it works. It just works in general. But Oh, that was uh, a humble brag. (laughs) Uh, No, Pete will always outfish me. But. Um, (laughs) A humble brag. My go-to almost year-round is going to be a Murdich minnow. Yep. Um, Full-size Murdich minnow and even, you know, the smaller size is okay. But that's going to catch bass and pike year-round. All day. Um, you know, some of your, your classic deceiver patterns are going to work great. Uh, a game changer, like your typical four inch white game changer yeah. is going to, all day. it cleans house all day long, whether it's, hmm. you know, whether it's June or it's November, hundred uh, percent, which so, is which is fun. Sounds and, like you got some predators in those waters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's really unique is we don't, we don't really at all have dam controlled waters. So I think one of the things that, you know, Pete and I share a lot of like intellectual property about is man, how do you fish that river at 1600 CFS as compared to 90? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So 1600 for us is, you know, 16 to 2000 is 2000 is like blown out. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that's, that's a lot of water where we're at. Hmm. But like I said, like last summer we were fishing 45 and 50 CFS. Dude, terrible drought, man. That was hard yards. But yeah. That's a major, um, that's, I mean, as you know, when you're trying to get clients on 
you know, it, is, it actually becomes kind of hard to float for eight hours, you know, yeah, from yeah. Point, you're getting out and pushing the boat over shoals and stuff more than you're right. rowing. Is that, a, yeah, is that but August? No, with like a complete humble brag? Um, I think that's what makes us pretty good at what we do. Yeah, for sure. Is, you know, you may start in the spring and she's humming at 1800 and two months later, it's a drought. You know, it's gin clear and ankle deep. And we're, we're pretty good at catching fish in a lot of different conditions. Love it. Um, I, I want you guys to paint a picture. And I have a feeling, Joe, we might have done this before, but let's do it again because it might have changed a little bit. Absolutely. Um, Joe, I'll start with you. Paint, paint me a picture of your perfect day on the Milwaukee system. Like, um, what's going on? Who are you hanging with? What's the weather like? What kind of flies you throwing? Is there something warm or cool to drink at the end of the day? Paint us a little picture. (laughs) All right. So thanks for laughing, Pete. (laughs) Yeah. I probably had something cool to drink. Um, no, for me, it's like midsummer evening time. Like you ran upstream you park the boat and you get out and wade and you spend three hours at, at the best time of the day, you know? And, uh, 74 if, degrees with a five mile an hour breeze. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, it doesn't get better than, yeah. Having wet swim trunks and <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best is, you make a run to a place no one else can get to unless they have a boat that drafts super shallow. Um, you're in the middle of nowhere, but 40 minutes outside the city. Um, if I'm not with Pete, I'm with my boy Corbin. Um, we're playing some super loud music because, man, they love it, man. The bass love it. <laughs> You know, they know we're coming. It's like coming for bass. <laughs> yeah, it's coming for bass, man. Oh man. What, and, what uh, kind of tunes uh, are what kind of tunes are going on in that uh, boat? Oh, hold on. This is the only answer I've prepared. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I mean, I, I do listen to your podcast frequently. Um, I am gonna pander to the audience here, oh. and it's the truth. Ooh. Um I would say on 80% of my trips, when somebody gives me the ability to pick out a song, oh man, tragically hip. Wow. No, 100%. Not what I was like, expecting. No, I know you weren't. Uh, Wheat Kings, I think, is, hmm. yeah, one of my favorite tracks ever. Um, the lyrics in Bob Cajun. Yeah. Um, I saw the constellations reveal themselves one star at a time. That's pretty heavy. If there's a better lyric that's ever been written, hmm. I'd like to hear it. Yeah. 
I, I, so I, I, I I'm just hoping to get a couple Canadian followers <laughs> after that. I'm just like <laughs> no, but I'm dead serious. Like oh, that's I know that you're quite the audiophile, Mark. I am. Um, you, uh, I remember listening uh, the man great episode with the young lady from Stupid Fish. Oh yeah, Tanya, Tanya, and yeah, yeah. you brought up Diana Krall. Oh man, yeah. She's got a voice. Oh man, I've seen her several times. Uh, got like had the good fortune to meet Elvis Costello, her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, dude, she hits, dude, yeah. she hits that ivory harder than anyone. Yeah, she's she's got just a silky voice, dude. Just but yeah, I'm a total audiophile. It's embarrassing, but when somebody lets me play DJ. Bob Cajun comes on first. Okay. Pete, what do you, you got? You're the DJ now on the boat. What what do we got? What's, what are we listening to? The birds are my DJ. The birds. No, no, yeah, no, 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 he no, doesn't no. play music. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> no, I want to be in nature. No, I do. Yeah. I do love listening. I actually, that's kind of like something that's changed over time. I do like listening to music on the boat now, but, um, man, uh, Usually it's some kind of a Americana folk or country music. Yeah, um, cool. From a Canadian reference, I love Coulter Wall. Oh, he's great. Um, but on the way to the river, I love uh, the Silver Jews. Okay, um, really, right on. American Water is kind of my go-to album when I'm driving to the river. It's always been that way. Hmm. Uh, then on the way home, it's usually blasting some folk and country. Yeah, just kind of you know, I had a great day. It's it's great. Yeah, cruising it's- there, and I'll totally destroy that answer in the sense that like pete won't agree with me at all because i pete and i shuttle for each other a bunch yeah and uh that's the only reason we're in business yeah that's right yeah Yeah, yeah. but i remember i I, like i was driving his truck back to the spot and there was some country music on i was like what you know (laughs) i was I was like slightly bummed out. I discovered a couple new presets. In there. <laughs> still there to this day. Yeah. But yeah. no joke. Um, like if I'm driving to the river, it's like a tribe call quest. De La Soul, like night, early nineties hip hop. Wow. You guys, I like it. You're hitting a lot of stops. You're mixing it up. Keeping it, I, I love that. Like, I can't, I hate listening to the same stuff. And I, my, like, I like some heavy stuff. I like, I like a little bit of everything. And yeah, I'm um, kind of that way for sure. But you know, I, you know what's weird, guys? It was so taboo to talk about listening to music on the water. And I, like, I get it. If, you know, if there's a whole bunch of people around me, trust me, I, I respect that. And I'm not going to be, but playing tunes loud. But, uh, me and my buddy, when it's just us and no one's around, we always got some music going on. I, I just, I don't know why. It's actually, I've found personally, it's added to the experience as much as I thought it would take away. It's pretty cool. Like if I'm wave fishing, you know, or whatever, I'm not gonna listen to music. But yeah, if I'm musky fishing, Jesus, yeah, man. Like I don't know, it's, yeah. you know, that's the grind, uh, musky fishing. Like yeah. that's been the whole. Like I have to listen to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Like going to work in the factory. Yeah. yeah. So how how do we book this trip with you guys? It sounds pretty damn good so far. Like, uh, what's the best way to reach out? I know your Instagram's a good spot probably, but why don't you throw, guys, your handles? Uh, Joe might lean on you a little bit. Um, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, throw some dot-coms out there, guys. Absolutely. Um, man, 
so our Instagram is uh, Milwaukee River Fly Fishing. Um, so yeah, we try to post as much kind of Joe posts. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I post a, a lot of uh, just interesting content. I try to say something. Um, my personal one is Tilted 3.0. Oh yeah, um, I know that one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but um, we uh, we've got a great website. That's where most people visit us. Uh, is like through Google, um, and that is uh, flyfishmke.com. Um, we're also on YouTube at flyfishmke. Yeah, or you know whatever YouTube calls us. Um, but uh, yeah, we're. Uh, I, I just think one of the interesting ways, like, you've got to be well diversified um, in this whole, like, social media thing because we don't have $20,000 to spend on marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to make the best of what what you can do. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, no, I, like for sure, social media and our website is, they're both going to grow in the near future. And uh, yeah. You can also just Google, if you Google Milwaukee River fly fishing, yeah, we'll, we'll be number one probably on there. But uh, yeah. I think so. No. So if you can't remember any of this other stuff, just Google Milwaukee yeah. River fly fishing, Milwaukee River fishing. Uh, we should be yeah. pretty. Pretty right, right there at the top. I just, I just want to throw this out there because I'm actually on your site right now, and it's Milwaukee underscore River underscore Fly underscore Fishing. So you know how sometimes you type it in wrong on Instagram, and it's just like it'll probably come up right away. Well, I appreciate you doing your due diligence there because I screwed (laughs) it up. (laughs) No, no, you didn't. I just thought we better throw some underscores in there. No, yeah. Good stuff. Hey, guys, I you have no idea how much I appreciate you taking the time. Jo- Joseph, it's so nice to, to hear where you landed on your feet and you're kicking some butt, taking some names. I love this partnership, Pete, you guys have got going here. It's just good energy. I can feel it. You can feel the Oh, passion. yeah, no, we're going to hug it out in just a second. Oh, so. just some high fives. Well, I'm going to leave, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pete's out. I'm out. <laughs> Guys, th- thanks again. And uh, we appreciate your time. And, and uh, I encourage our listeners to uh, look these guys up because I-, I guarantee it would be an epic, epic, epic trip. Thanks for doing this. And I appreciate uh, Yeah, we both appreciate it. But I really appreciate the time. And yeah. Definitely going to take you up on that stillwater fishing. Yeah, care- uh, careful what I'd you wish for, for, Mark. Hey, man. Um, I'm ready. Because all of a sudden you get a knock on your door and then Pete's there for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The powder's all gone by then, Jill, if you're up here. Oh, that's right, spring. yeah. We've been chatting tonight with Joseph Davies and Pete Nikoloff from Milwaukee River Fly Fishing, full-service fly fishing in the greater Milwaukee area. Check them out. Guiding Outfitters based in southeast Wisconsin. Uh, multi-species. We're talking smallies. Check out their Instagram. You'll see some beautiful pics of pike, smallmouth, browns. They've got it all happening. Walk and wade, drift boats in milwaukee thanks folks for joining us this time around we'll catch you next time the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com 
Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.